Ladies and gentlemen, friends, family around the world, welcome back to another fantastic episode of The Bottom Tier. I am Greg. I am Matt. And we are joined today for Fab's Giving Episode 3 by our good friend, friend of the show and local luminary, Marshall Matter. Marshall, welcome back on, my friend. Great to have yeah. you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, I'm uh, officially a bottomer. That's what yeah. we, of course, call the fans of, of this course. podcast. Uh, hashtag bottomer. Uh, leave us a, uh, a comment on Twitter or YouTube or wherever you're watching this. Where Make sure bottoms hang out. Exactly. Exactly. We're not tops. We're bottoms. We're bottomers. <laughs> and we're confident in that. Exactly. Yeah, we guys, speak with confidence. If, uh, if you haven't noticed, tonight's episode is going to be a little looser than it normally is. Uh, we've had a couple of drinks. We're just kind of relaxing. It's a little bit later in the evening than we normally do, so everyone's nice and mellow, except for Matt, who has to go to work after this. Yeah. Poor fella. Woo. <laughs> after a great vacation, going to work. It's going to be great. Uh, didn't get any sleep, so it's going to be a great time. Sleep's overrated, as they say. Sleep is for the weak, Matt. I think that's yeah. what Einstein said. So true words. Yeah, you know. You know, yeah. Everything Einstein said was always correct. That's true. Yeah, I think so. Don't think, please don't believe that, guys. I have no idea. I don't really. I only know like one thing from Einstein. That was like e equals mc squared. That's about it. Okay, well, I mean that's that's mm-hmm. the important thing. Yeah. Anyway, guys, <laughs> this is a flesh and blood podcast, not an Einstein podcast. Uh, so let's jump right on in, guys. Destiny is live. It's Destiny. out. Wait, We've had like what'd you just say? Destiny is. Destiny. Dynasty. Dynasty. <laughs> Guys, again, we've like, had a couple of what drinks. What weapon do you like? <laughs> I've had one hell of a week. So, uh, what weapon in Destiny do I Yeah, Bungie. Um, I mean, yeah, they're yeah, releasing yeah. the new. Is, uh, yeah. is, is Gallerhorn still a thing? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is still a thing, I think. I haven't played Destiny in a long time. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Is that guy from Game of Thrones still a thing in Destiny? I mean, yeah, <laughs> Wait, of course. What? That Martian came from the moon or whatever he said. <laughs> I don't it's like 18 years ago. A billion. But yes, Peter Dynasty Dinklage. is out. Dynasty is out. Dynasty Peter. is out. I haven't had the chance to play much this last week. So uh, I haven't really had the chance to see like how any of that is affecting things. But you guys have been playing a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We so, got to open some packs on Friday. It was fantastic. It, it was, was super fun. Uh, shameless plug over on the YouTube channel. We have a great little video. And by I don't great, know it's great. <laughs> of course, I mean, it exists. Um, we kind of screwed up a little bit and ended up... Uh, filming everything in the wrong video orientation, which is super great. Oh, we did. Cool. Yeah, we did. It, w- it was kind of awesome. Uh, I went to go look at it like the, ni- like the night that we did it just to make sure that everything went right. And I immediately, cool. yeah, I immediately just went, oh, God. Sweet. That's great. It's fine. I watched the video. You can either, you know, oh, you did? crank your neck or you can just move your laptop or your phone, you know. See, problem solved. Problem solved. Handled by a very, very simple act of physics. Yeah, indeed. Very smart. But I like the set. What do you think, Marshall? I think it's uh, great. Uh, I don't think it's going to change up the meta too much. But overall, I mean, it's exciting. I think this is how we need to have supplemental sets from now on. A brand new class. um, Each hero getting a little support. And the uh, most powerful classes getting weird stuff that really doesn't do much right now. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. You don't think it changes the meta? I think feel like I have seen a lot more Dory players since the release of Dynasty, which is really cool. I feel like the results in tournaments recently have made it so people start to have more faith in Dory. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we look at all the big events, there's usually 8 to, like, 15. I'm a, I know that might not sound a lot, but compared to, like, half the other heroes, it's beating most of them. And they're getting pretty good results. So with that, the new tools, I think a lot of people are just excited and they start to have faith in her. It's like Chain. Um, before he went Living Legend, there was a long period where everyone thought after Seeds was banned, he was bad. Oh, Mm. he can't be good. And then honestly, he didn't get too much support, but all of a sudden then, somebody wanted him. Oh my gosh, People started figuring out how to build it. Exactly, and they start to go, okay, he's good and they have faith. It's like Azalea. The moment you see that first person win a pro quest or road to nationals, it's off to the races. There's going to be a billion more Azalea and we already even start to see that right now. I'm someone who likes to watch the market. Yeah. And I see Skullbone Crosswrap. It's always been $20, $30. It's 50 bucks right now. People are starting to go, ooh, I'm Maybe we some, can make I'm this work. That, that's a good point. Like, I have seen a lot of people on Twitter and, like, talking about uh, about the prices of the card game in general. It has all gone up quite a bit. Like It's, it, it's kind of crazy right now, yeah, actually. Like, the, the, the people are just flooding in to, like, pump it. And I assume to dump it after they've finished raising the price up. So, hopefully, we'll see, like, a little bit of, like, a like an even like an evening out of y- things here shortly. Yeah, but there, there was one for Arachne, actually. It was the blue pitch one. I forget what that was called. Extraction. Surgical Extraction. Surgical uh, Extraction. Someone just bought all of them, and the price was up to, like, $20 or it something. It popped, like yeah. Yeah, man. 
So that's pretty crazy that there's already like a lot of people that are really pushing up the value, which is really good for the game. I think it's good for the game. I don't know if it's bad for the game or good for the game. Well, it's, you know, it's, it, there are pros and cons. Like, like on the one side, it's great to see people having the interest. It's great to see them, you know, engaging in the third yeah. party market and all that. But on the other hand, people who are actually like playing the game and not just investing in the cards to try to make money off of it, like they're getting a little screwed out of it. So, you know, pros and cons. Once it evens out a little bit, I think that it'll just be mostly pros at that point. But a little bit of a wild time right now, which you can kind of expect, I think, after a new set drops everyone gets crazy into it for a little bit so it's kind of how it goes i guess i think the prices overall right now are actually really good i mean when you look at most legendaries besides like findle spring tunic most of them are about 50 to 100 bucks like a tectonic platings about 40 bucks even like shuko's for five it's about around 50 yeah to me that's like the optimal place again for how i look at card games a good card you want like 20 30 bucks ones from a new set if it goes any higher, I feel like you're kind of gouging players and you're trying a little too hard to like make a car rare. Exactly, so just to get the money off of it. Exactly. So yeah. when you take a legendary, to me, that's like your play set, right? So a play set in Flesh and Blood is three cards. I start looking at that as possibly 60 to 90 bucks. I mean, if you're going to play hero, I think it's perfectly fine to ask your play group, even locals, hey, can I maybe proxy? And when you like something, spending 50 to 100 bucks on a card you're going to use forever just about isn't bad at all i get there's power creep but overall for legendary equipment we really haven't seen it in fact we've seen the opposite we've seen majestics that make it cost less and less required so to me i think we're in a really good spot i think there are too many maybe assassin buyouts but for a set that's what a week old literally a week yeah it already feels like forever for me right (laughs) we've been talking about it for so long at this point it's gonna balance out so if you feel like you must play Assassin, get ready to pay those prices. But I can bet you money that a Surgical Extraction will be 10 to $20 and probably a month or two. Awesome. So yeah. a little bit of patience will take you a long way. That's a bottom tier top tip, everybody. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what do you, how do you guys feel about the new class? Do you actually have our hands on it and have people been playing it? Have you made a CC deck yet, Marshall, on it? Or? I have. I don't have every card. Again, the one that's actually stopping me is the Surgical Extraction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, uh, 40 45 bucks for each copy. It's a little too rich for my blood. Yeah. Um, I have too many CC decks. So for me, I, I can hold off a little bit. I think he's um actually, again, brilliantly made. Um, to me, him being generic it leaves so much room. I think there's enough support that makes him good. And I think he's got some good um, like matchups and some bad matchups. Mm-hmm. The, the last thing we want from a supplemental set is a new hero to come out. And then all of a sudden, oh, he can't be beat. He doesn't have a bad matchup. It's a, it, exactly. Avoiding like a Starvo situation is exactly like necessary. Um, and from what I've seen, like Arachne really lends himself to a slower play style, way more control way more like tightly focused on just executing the deck strategy really, really well, which is an interesting kind of play style in Flesh and Blood because it really generally rewards a more aggressive sort of approach. Um, You find a lot of the top tier decks being very, you know, heavy and actually like just smacking right in without a whole lot of setup necessarily. The setup really comes in how you play the cards, not necessarily in taking a turn or two to make sure that you have everything in place before you trigger the effects. So having like a really strong control hero is really interesting, you know, who's not a guardian, is really interesting. And I don't think it's going to shake things up too much, and I haven't had the chance to play around with it very much. But um, it's definitely a viable option for people who like that more, like, deliberate sort of play style. Definitely. I mean, what I would call it, and I think what a number of people might call it, is what we call hate bears. Um, It's a magic term, but it's pretty much a deck that keeps Mm. on kind of stacking, um, like, these... um, I can't think about it, but they're trying to stacking like debuffs on your opponent. And to me, when you keep looking at the top of your opponent's deck and you either banish their best card or you put it on the bottom of their deck, again, you're kind of just hating on their strategy. So as you were saying, Greg, it's very slow. I think most of the games are going to go towards the end. Like some decks, right, you can just win, win, win. You don't give your opponent a chance, right? Bravo, he can kind of high roll, oh, Crippling Crush, Spinal Crush. It just feels like they never had a chance. Um, some even Lexi to a point, you get some really good cards. You can kind of just take over. I feel like for Arachnid or Arachne, my bad. Uh, <laughs> it's been a week. You're allowed to mispronounce uh, it a couple times. I feel like he, most of his games, it's never going to be dominance, which I think is actually a really good hero we want. It, you have to earn the win, and it's not going to be something where you're just like, oh, 
I can crush a new player. It's going to be like, no, you have to really think about it and kind of get every little inch of um, points and value out of them, and that will give you your wins. You actually have to build the strategy and then execute on the tactics. It's not just, you know, swinging with, like, fire or something. You just play every card in your hand right. and just smack exactly. them as much right. as possible. I, I like them because, like, it's a very thinky hero for the other player. Like, you're exactly. definitely the other player is the one that's getting all the pressure, and, like, it's up to them to have the mental standpoint to be like, like, ah. Uh, I'm screwed or like, oh, I'll just go through this. Like it, that's the cool part of it is it's just kind of like tearing down your opponent to like make rash decisions because you're affecting them in some way, which is just the mental game, which is really cool, which, which I just, yeah, that's a cool hero to have. I just wish I could still play chain. You can, you just can not in CC in blitz. Yeah, see, and you know what? <laughs> blitz only lasts three turns, man. I don't have time. Here's the thing. Well, we have plenty of time. I was going to say, I, I hope we find out soon about the Living Legends system and getting the new heroes. I'd really like to see Chain and Prism, honestly, within the next couple of months. I really hope they don't have to put it in a supplemental set every time and go with that system. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing with Flesh and Blood right now. We kind of just, I think, need sometimes a little faster in release or updates or information so we can understand what's going on. Yeah. Three sets a year feels a little slow. And again, if we're supposed to be waiting for a supplemental set to get those new heroes... That's too slow in my mind. They're they're, they're probably going to ramp that up though. Like it's it's easy to forget, but Flesh and Blood is still only like three years old. Yep. So it's still very new in terms of like a collectible card game. So as they sort of you know build the player base and get the momentum built up, I, I think realistically we'll start seeing more than just the three sets per year. Yeah, I also don't know. Like I I think like four might be the point. That's like a sweet number, but for more, but I, we don't want to end up with like other card games where it's like almost monthly, right? Because I that to me is just like. I don't know. I don't want to spend that much. It's, it's, that it's much too much. And like, it, yeah, it's like it's, too much it's, information. It's, a, it's, you know, mitigated a little bit because flesh and blood doesn't really have a, like a, like a band cycle. Like everything basically stays in rotation until it's, you know, it's too good. The hero gets kicked out. Um, whereas some other games, like, I mean, we know the one that we're talking about without talking about it. Um, they cycle stuff all the time. Um, so you put in, you know, the big investment right up front, you get a few months of use out of it and then it becomes not legal to play in events and stuff anymore, which we we don't really have, but I, I do generally agree with you that just like inundating the market with cards is not a good strategy. Definitely. I mean, I think uh, James White himself said he wants at max four sets a year. And I think this makes sense to me. If you do four sets and supplemental products, like more classic battles, I think that's easy, right? You spend 40, 50 bucks for a good product. Yeah. You can enjoy that on top of the sets. For me, I want four sets a year because I think we need two draft sets a year. 100%. Yeah. To me, pre-release is exciting. It gets new players in. And we can't draft a set, honestly, in my mind, for like nine months. It's not exciting. No. Right. When we this already is, we already yeah. have the Terran Uprising. Like, I feel like for the past, has it been six months now or four months? I think it was months? September when Uprising was released. So, but it already feels exhausted after like three months. Exactly. Yeah. And when the next set gets released, it'll be, what, another three months? So we're looking at, again, about half a year on Uprising. I know most people I've talked to are tired of it, and a lot of us loved it when it first came out. I just think you can't squeeze more blood out of that stone at this point. Uprising yeah. was definitely a great set, and it introduced a lot of really interesting and powerful things to the game. But exactly like you were saying, after a little while, you know what's going to come in a pack. You know how things are going to shake out. You know how to build a deck off of it. So you end up doing the same thing basically every time you do a draft or a sealed deck or something like that. And it just, it like one of the biggest things about, you know, this genre of hobby and about flesh and blood in particular is the deck building. It's inherently creative. So when you can't exercise that, you know, creative sort of feeling in it, it loses something and it becomes just, you know, it becomes playing go fish with somebody, which is fine if you need to pass some time. Yeah. But if I'm going to go and pay money to play this game with other people for you know in a formalized sort of setting, I expect something more than just the same thing over and over again. Definitely. I think also a problem too is the heroes are so specific. Like Dromai is not anywhere like Phi. And they're completely different from Icelander. Yeah. So for most people, like they often don't want to switch between three heroes that are so different and unique. So most people I know who play Uprising Draft is like, I, I hate Icelander. And I'm like, yep, you can't play it. So I'm going to cut them down to two heroes. And then I know they usually have a preference. So you start seeing, they're going to pick this hero. Yeah. When you go to the second person, hey, maybe I play Phi in CC. And it's a lot of fun. But I just, I don't want to draft the same hero. 
It's, it's very similar. So then, then again, they're cut down to two heroes, and they go, well, you know what? I don't, I just, I don't like Wizard. It's not my jam. So now they're Dromai. Do they like Dromai? Who knows? But that's my point. Each hero is so specific. So it kind of cuts you down already in what you're going to draft. It's not like Magic where you go, oh, I got a bomb of a red card. I'm just going to slam that in my deck. Even though I don't like red, I'm going to make a little room for it. I'm going to work with this. It's completely different. You have to say, I'm going to this hero. I'm going to pick them. I'm going to build the deck around them. And if you don't like one or two of them, you're then forced into the third. Yeah, which is never fun. Definitely. I think this is the problem with three heroes. I mean, they're great, but it does limit your options. And like right. for a couple of months when the set is new and, you know, it hasn't had the shininess worn off of it, it's great. When it first came out, the pre-releases and stuff, like you said, a hell of a lot of fun. Going forward for a couple of months, fun to kind of figure out different strategies and stuff that you could pull from the packs. But we're at the point now where we've kind of hit, you know, quote unquote, optimal like you know what you're looking for you know what you want in there you know what you definitely don't want in there so it's it's just it's it's stagnant is the problem there's not enough to shake it up which you know release a new draftable set yeah and i also think like a problem with uprising was i feel like this set in particular forces you to pick who you're going to be really really fast while with the other draft sets you could probably like stay in the middle ground with generics or whatever for probably just like three or four passes and then kind of have a decision of, of what you want to do and, and actually still have a pretty good like draft set. So I think that was a huge thing on uprising too, is that a lot of people got in the habit of just like, I already have a game plan. This is what I'm doing. And they just go. And then you kind of already know the, the room because of, and, and if you know the local people you're playing with, you know exactly what they're picking. Like you were So saying, you're either doing so. exactly the same thing that you always do, or yeah. you start metagaming and metagaming is a one way ticket to, boredom and disinterest yeah every time i played the draft i'm always like okay you're fine you're blah 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 so that makes me blank because i'll just pivot and then like try to play <laughs> it and then it's always like oh, i do good but i'm not like the best you know because i just wanted to make sure i had a good card pool and that's why i would pivot right so definitely i think the problem though is too is that the first two sets of flesh and blood they're pretty open but that's not the game going forward they've said that i mean it's pretty much acknowledged when we see monarch tales of Aria now uprising like, we're getting to get specializations, yeah. and we don't have enough room for generic cards because if you make them bad, it's not fun to open a set where, like, 90% are generic bad cards. Yeah. It would just be like, I can't add any of these to my deck. And if they're really good, then we're getting to power creep territories, then we're getting to Command & Conquer. And honestly, I love Command & Conquer, but if you told me there was three to five Command & Conquers, staples that are 50 bucks, ridiculously good, and they start filling in all these slots of other decks, I would hate it. Yeah. So for me, I like that there's, again, about two of them. There's Enlightened Strike and Command. So we have to kind of go with these specializations. And at that point, again, you start, at least for all the games I've drafted, you start to really cut down and you start having to choose really early on what you're going to do. Even Tales of Aria, we drafted that for a long time. And to me, you're kind of going with the elements quickly. So you're, you're putting yourself in the boat. You can't stay open for a while. It's like, okay, am I picking ice, lightning, or earth? Mm, and for most sense. people, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing ice. They're picking all ice, and you already know what you're going with that strategy. You're not going to pick ice and then, you know, defensive cards. and be like, oh, Lexi, you're going to be like, no, I was going old him, and I just wanted his cards. Or lightning, I was going to pick Briar from the start, and ball lightning just works so good. Yeah. So you kind of force yourself early on. And I think that can't really be solved. But at least if we get two releases a year where you can draft, it fixes it. Because, again, you don't think about it. You don't have to spend another two, three months on it thinking, I, I understand. Like Greg was saying, like, I know what's going to happen. And like you were saying, Matt, I, I know what the person across from me is going to pick. It's like you solve both those issues. The more variety, the more sets you can have. Not that we want too many. But the more, again, you don't know what's going to happen, the more exciting it is. The moment yeah. draft solved, in my mind, it's kind of boring. Hundred percent. It's it's a tricky balance. I, I feel like they're doing pretty good for where they are right now. For like how long it's been out and being you know actively developed. I think they're in a pretty good place right now. Obviously, could be a little bit better, but what couldn't? Right. Hundred percent. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny that we went from like oh dynasty and they were like complaining, like smashing on on uh, uprising for no reason. But to get back <laughs> to get back on dynasty a little bit. What is uh, Marshall and Greg? Here's a question for you. What card is your favorite? Art from the set. Ooh. Art. Your favorite art of a card. That's a tricky one. There's yeah. a lot of really good art in this set. Like, like the, the art's always really nice. But 
this set in particular, like it just has like a level of polish on it, I think, that some of the earlier sets, especially if you go back to like Welcome to Wraith and things like that, um, just don't quite have. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that for a second. I was going to say, I don't, for a lot of the art I enjoy, because I do feel this is probably the best art in the game, not yeah. like cohesively. To me, Tales of Aria, I love how the everything. The theming was just the theming excellent. It's yeah. amazing. Um, one of my favorite ones is the, and again, I'm going to mess up the name. It's the Dorinthia card. I think it's like an iron song name. Yeah. Where it's the full art where she's got the blade. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. I love that. It's so beautiful. I mean, I even love the, um, one of the first cards we ever saw was the promo for Wizard, the Aether, where she's like yeah. tearing through the, and I'm just yeah. like, she looks amazingly like powerful and cool and crazy. And like, to me, that's awesome. Funnily enough, again, like some of my favorite cards, I don't really enjoy the art for, but again, I am a ranger player. <laughs> most, yeah. And most of my cards are usually an arrow. How many ways can you draw a stick to look interesting? There was a one, there's one arrow from the set where I was like, this is just that other arrow where oh, it's like, it's yeah. like a flaming arrow. You're like, it's just a little bit different fire. Heat yeah, seeker. Yeah. yeah. And, and to me, I think that's the most slept on card in the set. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's probably like nine out of 10 in power, maybe yeah. a little higher. The most generic looking art I could possibly oh, yeah. it's, imagine. Yeah. It's literally just just an arrow on a dark background right. that's on fire. Like it, it's like the boots when you start looking at all the boots for ninjas and you start looking at them for ranger right. and you're like, oh, okay, how, how how many years can we go on with this same black type boot with like a little spikes or a little fire? It's like we drew a I shoe. This yeah. time it has a blue outline. <laughs> exactly. It's like I, I want to see more um, equipment, kind of like Findles, where the moment you see it, it's like. You that's know. amazing, you know, and it's like, that's memorable. That's the thing is, I agree that Welcome to Rafe, like some of the pictures there, you're like, that is terrible art. That looks like you were at the end of your yeah. budget. <laughs> last ditch effort. We that got 10 minutes to do five so cards. Last ditch effort, yeah. That, is, <laughs> that looks like a kindergartner was given I think they money. named it that card because it was like, this is our last one. and this is Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's even like the worst card in the game. So like, it's perfect. 100%. And then you look at like Heart of Findle again, Findle Spring Tunic and all the legendaries and you're like, memorable. Those are amazing. <laughs> I love them. But yeah, some cards you're just like, <laughs> all right so back to the actual question so favorite art from the thing um if, if i had to pick one just like on the spot which apparently i do because that's how we're rolling tonight yeah um i think have you seen the marvel version or or the full art version of crouching tiger yes yes because that's gorgeous it's very cool 100 it looks very like i don't know like what they were going like for it, it, <laughs> it, it literally looks like somebody went out and found an ukiyo-e artist and had them draw it for this card like it I, I would buy it on one of those like silk like screen room divider things to have in my house. It's just it's lovely. Yeah, it's good art. I really like I like the I think the art in this set really made me go like, wow, like this is like I enjoyed all of it. But mine is like the shit, the, the crappiest art of all time. Mind warp. Dude, Mind Warp? Okay, Mind Warp is it's not so good. technically the best drawn thing on the planet. Oh, it but, is. But, but the not, theming and stuff everyone. behind it, the flavor in it is <laughs> is top tier. It looks like something from Psychonauts, and that's why it, I really like it. It looks like M.C. Escher kind of drew it while oh. he was t like sort of sleepy. I like that. Right? So I, I agree. It looks like Psychonauts. It actually honestly reminds me most, though, of like early magic. You see a lot of weird right? things in early magic, and you're like, they don't do stuff like that anymore. So I'm actually happy Flesh and Blood is like giving us varieties because I think when you look at some of the sets, it sometimes feels a little too samey, right? Yeah. Like there's a sword. Like I built an assassin deck. I look at the cards. I honestly can't remember what any of them do almost because the art <laughs> they is do all, all the look same. Because yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. two dudes in shadows. It, Ooh. It's people so, in shadows holding coins, yeah, tapping a guy. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like the scholar one I can remember because it's some guy sitting down reading a book. I'm like, I remember that one. The rest, <laughs> it's someone getting stabbed. I'm like, which stab card is that? <laughs> it's suffering from the ranger effect, yeah. Exactly. And even the names, you're like, those are cool. But then when you start thinking about them, you're like, okay, plunder the poor, steal from the rich. Um, get the middleman. You're like, okay, uh, get the middleman. <laughs> yeah, get the middle class. Maybe that's the the, sus the suspend. Oh my gosh, um, supplemental card that's going to come out in a year or two. But, get um, the middle class. Yeah, watch out, know. you middle class folks. We're coming for you. But just sometimes it's like I get why, but it's too samey. It's too similar. So mind warp. I personally 
It's honestly my least favorite art in the set. I know. <laughs> I, I don't want it. I, I'm like, Ugh. This is what edged on the question because I was but, like, I love this. But it's it's great that we're trying things. Because, yeah. like, you, you don't know if you're going to fail or succeed. It could be one of the most favorited arts in, like, the set. I don't know. But it's it's making different cards for everyone. And that's great. Yeah. I'm glad we have a mature game. But I also want us to have fun. I want us to get ridiculous. Because, like, really, if, if you're not having fun with this, then what are you doing? Like, it's it's a game. If you're not having you're right. fun while playing a game, then you're doing it wrong. Or it's not a game. One of those two things. Definitely. You also put faith in your artist. Because I think that's the thing about card games. If, like... One of the things I always have a problem with, kind of like anime card games, is you can tell a lot of the artists, they constrict them. They're like, no, you draw this character, and you don't make them look bad. It's called Pyramid Turtle. There has to be a turtle, and there has to be a pyramid. As, as, Figure as, it out. And you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, I, lo- I loved a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh early art, but when you look Thank at you. it Thank you. Thank you for getting that. Matt yeah, completely missed no, it. I know, no, I know Pyramid Turtle. Okay, okay, yeah, sweet, okay. The, the Pyramid of the Turtle. I know the Pyramid but Turtle. It's good. When I, when I, I can't even tell you the effect. When I look at modern Yu-Gi-Oh art, I cannot distinguish it like from the hundred billion like dragon. Someone's, they all look like someone's school now. It, it, yeah, look, exactly. It's great art, but it's so generic. It's, your mind can't it's remember. It's technically well executed, yes. but it lacks flavor. Yes, yeah. it, it lacks depth. And to me, the more flesh and blood let their artists, they say, you know what? Here's just an idea. Go crazy. Mind warp. What is that? This card is an assassin stabbing a scholar. Figure it out. And the second one is an assassin stabbing... A rich guy. A rich guy. Yeah. And Figure the, it out. And here's an assassin stabbing a random person who could be rich or a scholar. <laughs> You're like, oh! Okay. So do I draw him with a robe or do I draw him in trousers? What am I doing, guys? Yeah. <laughs> but two, I, the last thing I'd say um, about it is just like, the more you get your artists excited, the more that creativity is going to bleed out. Like, one thing about Magic, I was a Magic player for a decade... Every card this day, they're like, here's a green card. It's green. There's green there everywhere. There are plants. There's plants. And you're, I'm like, I've seen this. It's boring. And the artist feels like they have to like do something that they don't want to do. Yeah. The moment you say, here's mind warp, do whatever, the next time you give that artist a card, they're going to say, okay, I can, I can be creative. I can go, go for it. And that will make more memorable pieces. I think one of the best artists right now in card games is Seb McKinnon. Dude, He's not absolutely. done a single card for Flesh and Blood. But the reason why he is so notable is because his style is his style. You see a Sid McKinnon card, you a know. playmat, you instantly know. You go, oh my gosh, that is, you either love it or hate it, yeah. but you know. And that's what I want for this game. Artists where you're like, I know that person inside and out. I agree. That's awesome. That's a really well said. Uh, I I enjoy like... The fa- like you can already tell with some of the artists though that make the heroes right if when they have a he- artist make a hero you're like they kind of get to have like an, a direction of like what this person's set stuff looks like because they get a lot of the good cards for them and I like that a lot too like you're able to notice like they kind of have this like effect and that was what legendary studios was going for and it's it's really cool so it's I love the art in this set a lot and a hundred percent like the one artist I would mention and I don't love everything they do um, is the person who did Briar. But they have a very specific yes. style, mm-hmm. and like their new card is Berserk, um, and it's very green. And I'm saying like it's that same style, and you're like, you do a great job at it. It's unique, it's flavorful, it's awesome, and it's kind of cool to see like certain classes and a style. I keep saying style, but a style you would never like yeah. understand before or like think about that, that you wouldn't necessarily associate there with that go. particular exactly. thing. I will say the brute cards in this set might be the like top. Top highlight they're, of they're pretty a lot spicy, of yeah. actually, man. Skullcrack, I, I love that. That's one of my favorite arts. Like it's sometimes flesh and blood is so on the nose that right? it's, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, it, other times it's I, the worst. I make no bones about the fact that my favorite card in the entire game is Smash with Big Tree because oh, yeah. it's literally just a dude swinging a tree. There's no other effects. It's just flavor, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, they're strong, but got a rocket smarter, which is just <laughs> the most beautiful thing on the planet i love flavorful cards i love it when you can feel the theme in it and even with something simple like that when they put the thought into it and they put the effort into it to really make it cohesive like that does it for me that just clicks it so i'm 100 percent with you on the brute cards in this like sometimes they are just on the nose with it but sometimes that's exactly where you need to be with it mm-hmm. i agree uh speaking of things that are on the nose and that are exciting time oh we boy have some uh we have the new christmas cards coming out oh my god uh you know what I need, I need it. Shitty Xmas gift. I, That's it's what it's called. Best card in the game. Hands down. Best art. hundred <laughs> percent. Sad Azalea holding socks, socks is something yeah. that I never knew that I needed, but I'm so happy I have now. 
It's interesting though. Like I like that card. You put a cracked bobble on top of your opponent's deck, which is really funny and, and really dumb. But if you look at it, we have Azalea, we have Arachne, but the other person on that card is an assassin in one of the arts of the other cards. So is Azalea going to be assassin ranger? No. Gosh dang it! <laughs> there you go, everybody. That uh, there we go. So it's hard sometimes to find a clear picture of that art, at least for me. Um, I've seen four characters in it. I've been told there's Dash in the tough corner, mm. and then people say like, "Oh, is that Lexi in the bottom left corner?" I'm like, yeah, I kind of think so, but I don't know. So for me, I'm like, is is that a mysterious character like we we haven't seen yet? Um, I think uh, from the the pits, right? That's where all the characters yeah. are from. So that's kind of cool. Um, I love the Christmas card. Um, I think it's great. I also like that for Christmas, we keep getting like meme cards, but two, right. we don't have a cold foil. So people don't have to fight during Christmas. It's nice to know that's there's, true. There's one month. We don't have a big event this month. It's like, don't think about that. Like you just, you just get to take it easy over the holidays. Exactly. Like spend time with your family. If you show up, there's 36 of these rainbow foils. You're probably going to get one. The people who win a billion of them, they're going to have extras, and if you're in any fun, good community, they're going to be handing them out to anyone who needs one. 100%. Yeah. So this is like a great armory kid that's just relaxing, in my opinion, and that's good. It's once a year. That's what we need. And really, any chance to troll your opponent by like something like putting a cracked bobble on top of their deck, that's just fun. That's just a good time. That's that's UPF in a nutshell. I was going to say, this is UPF, I believe, legal, so let's get those just stacked in our decks and start giving people uh, crack bubbles. So uh, bottom tier Christmas special. We're just doing UPF with a bunch of shitty Christmas gifts and I like it. Whatever toxic nonsense we can come up with. That sounds great to me. Prepare for Dusk Blade Chain, everybody. I thought we we're gonna do all Yorick. And just <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you madman. <laughs> I don't want to anymore. <laughs> Never mind. Not happening anymore. Thanks, Marshall, for ruining it for everyone. <laughs> we have one person playing New York in our in our locals. Yeah. Um, it's debatable whether um, anyone should be allowed to go through that pain and suffering. But you know uh, what? Actually, I played him with the Yorick, and it was the most fun that I had had in months. Okay, that's my point. Like, for me, I might be down, you know, once every half a year to two years. I, I <laughs> but stopped, yeah, it's definitely a once in a while I, thing. I ruined it. I, I had fun because I liked the new game that it made of, like, my card is coming up. And that means I can boost because I was playing a dash mechanologist card. <laughs> and uh, because of that, the person who's playing Yorick has decided that they did not like that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so I'm done. <laughs> I was like, that's part of the game. You know, you got to get to know. You kinda well, get you know, we game. could just sit down and re-sleeve everything, but yeah, I don't I, think that you really want to do that, no, do you? No, why? That, that's, no. that defeats the purpose. Right, it's so exactly. much more fun. It's so much more fun to know that's someone else's card. And, you and it adds it. like a whole extra layer in it. Like the best thing about Yorick is that you start having to think about the deck, like the deck in different terms than you normally do. Like, like exactly with your example, with Dash, if you build Dash deck, it's all mechanologist cards. Yeah. So you know that whenever you boost, you get, you're going to hit that boost. But you start playing with Yorick, and you have to start strategizing differently. You have half of a hand of different cards that you're not expecting. You can't trigger the boost every time. If you're playing, like, I go back to Chain because I love Chain. If you banish something off the top, and it's, you know, Sunwish or something, like, oh boy, great, we just burned that, you know, that banish for nothing. So it really adds that extra layer in that can make it a hell of a lot of fun. But it is also, you know... Super freaking annoying. Yeah. I, I can't. Any York player who says, that's unfair. <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you get to see which sleeves are in your deck. It's like, you brought Yorick. You missed the point, <laughs> my friend. If, if your whole point was to make everyone suffer and now they're getting to like beat you with your own strategy, blame yourself. Turn, turnabout <laughs> is fair play, everybody. If they yeah. do it to you first, you can do it back to them. This, this is like Levy or Chain being like, blood debt, that's unfair. <laughs> hey, blood debt is unfair. No, I'm just kidding. Blood debt is a cheat. In my house, we ignore it. If there was more Levia cards to help with Blood Dead, I'm like, okay, okay. But yeah, anybody who, who complains about their own hero's abilities, <laughs> uh, that's on you. Y you picked it. I yeah. hate lightning cards, but hey, I love playing Briar. Just get ready, guys. Royal Levi Le 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 is going to be a thing, okay? <laughs> okay, no lie. Uh, I built a, a, a Royal Vald of Axe deck. Yes. It's the memeiest thing on the planet. It's, it's so much fun. Valda is great. Again, like so many people don't play heroes because they're not top tier. Valda is my Valda's blitz. a hell of a lot of fun. She's my blitz hero of choice. She's my ultimate pit fight hero of choice. And let me say, 
you can win 95% of your matchups, like, totally fair, even advantage-wise. She's so much fun. The extra health, it's something so unique. Like, just give new heroes a try, because you're going to realize, again, that's what we were kind of talking before earlier. Like, unless someone wins or something, people consider it bad. But it's like, no, we're like, most metas, we're not playing S-tier like top point zero zero one percent competitively, it's like no. Your local area has a bunch of people who want to play a card game because that's and hang their out with hobby. their friends and yeah. just have a good time. Exactly. This is what being a bottomer is all about. Guys. Exactly. Yeah. Bottoms have more fun. Yes. Yes. Bottoms do have yeah. more fun. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hashtag bottoms have more fun bottoms trending on Twitter. Fun. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Hello, uh, gay fab community. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to see you guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, with that. Let's go to our returning segment, Lessons Learned. Lessons Learned! Lessons Learned. Uh, this is the part where the where the farm would come in. Burp, 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 burp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like that. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, the frog horn. That's what he said, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but with that, uh, Lessons Learned is the segment where we talk about what we've learned this past week in Flesh and Blood. Uh, why don't you start us off, Marshall, as the guest? Sure. Have you learned anything new? Anything fun and exciting for the kids? I won't say completely new because that's kind of hard to do. Um, especially if you've been playing the game for a while. Yeah. Um, just what I would say is like something new to take into consideration and to learn is look at when a new set comes out, like Dynasty, look at every card for the class you're playing. Really start to think about how like it can you you can incorporate those cards into your strategy or maybe a new strategy. Because there's too many times when again people start to like make tier lists and they start to think, oh, this card's bad, this card's good. But it's like, is it like, for example, for Brutes, Rock. Okay, everyone, when they saw it, they said, that's not a good card. And I said, you know what? I'm not saying it's good, but I don't think it's bad. It's, it's not unplayable like you're all saying it is. No, I, I think it's far from unplayable. In fact, I think if you go into a strategy and you actually work with it, I think you'll pick up more wins than a Brute player who's kind of average and plays the strong deck. Because you're going to surprise people. You're going to do weird things. And honestly, this, like, Flesh and Blood... It's full of the more supplemental sets we get, we get more weird stuff. And this is so great. Yep. And like, so just think about every card that's released and think about, okay, can I use this? Can I do something interesting with it? One of the coolest decks, like I think about is Prism Pummel. Yes. <laughs> to me, that is like, okay, that's clearly not the optimal strategy. That's yeah. far from it. <laughs> like, if, if, if you're expecting to be top tier, if that, okay, God help you. But... <laughs> You will probably have more fun playing that than if you just played straight Prism. The first auras, time you drop that pummel yeah, and you see the look on your opponent's face, like, what in God's name are you exactly. doing? Exactly. Something I did, I think it was about a month ago, I was making a Bravo deck. I put Art of Wars in. And trust me when I say that was the funnest part of Bravo. <laughs> I do not enjoy that deck. <laughs> but I was playing an opponent, and I had a, a Spinal Crush in Arsenal. Um, I had a Spinal Crush in Hand. And I, again, I had an Art of War, and I and I knew what cards were on top of my deck. And I gave my first Spinal Crush go again, and I drew two cards. <laughs> and I went, I can double Spinal Crush. And went, what Bravo can truly say this? <laughs> and my opponent, when I played the Art of War and said, go again, draw two cards, he said, well, you could double Spinal Crush. <laughs> like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And I was like, yes, this this is a better memory I will ever get from playing Bravo. <laughs> just, oh. then, then just trigger the ability, swing a Nothos. Trigger the ability, swing a Nothos. Exactly. So my lesson learned would be try weird stuff, do something different, have fun. Don't ever worry about top-tier metas unless you're going for the big event. But at that point, you know who you are. You know you're going for it. So you don't even need to listen to this. Don't worry about, again, putting in certain cards into your deck. Have fun. Master one thing, and if you master one deck or one hero, you can ma master the rest. If you master nothing, you're never going to be able to master anything. You have to start somewhere. So just enjoy, get better, realize how you want to play this game. And again, think about everything. Again, my favorite card from Dynasty, Heatseeker. That card's fire. It's a buck thirty right now. Literal fire. Nobody, nobody has faith in that card. Trust me when I say that is the best Ranger card to come out of this set. I and guys, Marshall is a big time Ranger player. Like, I don't know if you've seen the shameless plug video I'm about to plug right now, but uh, what, 43rd in Lil with Lexi? I think it was 41st is what I got, if I remember correctly, maybe 42nd, but yes. Upper 40s with Lexi. So when he says that a Ranger card is good, you can trust him. 
so much value. That card, trust me, you're going to see a couple months go by. People are going to be like, oh my gosh, Heat Seeker. And you're going to be like, yeah, it was pretty Marshall awful. called that. 100%. We broke that news first, bottom I can, tier. I can't wait to burst your uh, Lexi deck with, with Heat Seeker. I can. I can absolutely wait to do that. I'm 100% fine never doing that, in fact. Guys, it's it's five damage. It's block three. <laughs> if it hits, put an arrow f- or put a card face up from your deck. So in my mind, that's like eight points of value for like two mana. Which is nothing. And you can still arsenal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's good ridiculous. Card. Good card. I like it. Um, Greg, how about you? Lessons learned. Okay, the biggest lesson for me this week has been to play the stupid game. <laughs> Which is really like, it's obvious, right? Like, oh, well, yeah, you want to play the game, you got to play the game. But like, I've I've had a hell of a week, guys. Like this last week, nothing has gone right. And I have been so busy and so just like heartbroken over other stuff that's been going on in my life that I haven't been able to find the time or the energy to play the game. And I've been suffering for that because I haven't had that outlet. I've gotten so used to being able to play the game, even, you know, not even necessarily with other people, just against like AI or, or against myself or something like that, that not being able to do it for the last week or so has really like, it's dragged me down. I actively miss it. I actively want to jump back into it and I haven't had the chance to. So the lesson for me is just find those five or 10 minutes that you need to just sort through a couple of cards or to play a couple of hands with a deck that you just built or to think about some weird combination of things like the the Royal Valda thing that I did. I play bingo in that deck, okay? Anytime that you can put bingo into a deck, you're, you're, you're having fun. Right. Bingo. So, That's a good answer. Bingo. Right. So bingo is my lesson learned. Um, no, really, like just being able to find the time and and making yourself just put a little bit of effort into it. Like that is how you maintain the hobby. It's how you help yourself kind of get over those sorts of things that get in your way. Um, and it helps, you know, reinforce that love for the game, because ultimately what we're all here for is the love of the game. If you know, if you don't enjoy it, then why are you playing it? If you don't have the passion for it, then why are you listening to a podcast for it right this moment? <laughs> That's true. So That's you know, the, the the lesson ultimately, I guess, then is don't be afraid to embrace it, even if embracing it is difficult. Hundred percent. That's a good lesson. I like it. I like it a lot. Play the game. Read the cards. Play the I, game. Read the cards. <laughs> I kind of have both of them at the same time for my lesson. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty came out. The first thing I decided to do was I'm going to bring out my Leviathan deck and make it royal. We're going to see how it works. You were talking about that for like I was months like, yes. ahead of time. Didn't get the rock. Didn't get the rock. But I pulled out the Leviathan deck that I already kind of had pre-made. Forgot what was in it. I uh, just was like, I'll just throw some of these brute cards in there that did not work very well in there. And, uh, you know, I got shit on quite a bit at the armory. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be able to be like, I am rolling on scabskins every time. And I pulled a uh, knickknack bricker brag. Heck and, yeah, knickknack brick a brick. And people did not know what to do with that information. <laughs> but it's it was exactly great. the same thing as playing bingo usually gets you. Like, what the hell, It man? was great. I took like 20 damage and like blood debt one round, but I did like nice. 30 damage. It was great. It was a good time. I had a lot of fun doing that. How in God's name did you get 20 blood debt on one turn? I didn't just have like any like cards <laughs> to like banish anything. It was really bad. It was really rough. But it was great. I had a really lot of fun being able to do the weird stuff, like you said. And I kind of polished it more. got rock, actually read my cards and sat down and did that. And took time aside out of like, I made a point out of my busy schedule. Like, you know what? I'm going to spend an hour just looking at all these nice cards that I got and like deck build a little bit. And I got some spice for the next commoner cup that I think is going to pull the win, which is going to be great. I'll be honest. Like when, when someone does the weird stuff, that's what makes the community smile and enjoy the game. Again, for me, I'm a very competitive flesh yeah. and blood player. I'm honestly always trying to make very good decks, and like that is fun for me. But like, I do want to win. I care. I, I love strategy and the best. But to be honest, there's a number of people like me. It, it's it's a dime a dozen. It's not like people don't want to win, right? Yeah. So to me, when I face off against another person who has that same mentality, and one of us loses. We're angry. Like, even if you don't say angry, it's disappointed. There's, it's there's a little bit of that frustration that comes with e- it. Even when you play a perfect game, because I went to the uh, the world uh, or worlds um, a couple weeks ago. You went to the world. And Congrats. Exactly. <laughs> the world. Well done. You, you achieved planet here. Earth. My parents said I was born here. I believe so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Odds are good. Odds are pretty good. But no, um, like I, I played amazing games. Like truly, me and my opponents, we went like that. I think that was like a, a perfect game. But at the end of the day, one of us had to lose, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, okay, like, 
I'm glad I could have that, but even though when I played it to the best of my ability, I lost. And to me, like, for the community, when you have someone doing wacky stuff, Levia, Brick Brack, Nicka, <laughs> Nicka Buck, um, it's, that's what brings smiles. Like, I, I want to come back and I want to play those people. If you say, Marshall, do you want four games in a row where it's super serious, it comes down to the wire, and you win or lose possibly, I go, honestly, it's going to be stressful, and unless I'm playing, like, a major event where that's my mindset, I don't want to play that. Like, like, like every once in a while, that sort of thing is fun. Like, to, like to go in and take it super seriously exactly. and be like, "I'm here to win." That's that's a pro quest to me. That's a road to nationals. Yeah. That's the big events. But to me, like when you play that weird stuff, you, that's what's bringing the community together. That's what's making us laugh. If I play you, Matt, I'm gonna laugh, enjoy, and remember that match versus me playing Lexi versus. Um, one of the other community members, like Viserai, for the hundredth time, <laughs> and, then, and then we both. Well, go, we all know who he's talking about now, don't we? It, it could be anybody. But, um, <laughs> I'm saying when I sit down for my opponent, and we go, "Well, we've played this fifty times, and uh, who's going to win?" And then again, one of us either dominates the other, or the, it goes to again inches, and then it's like, "Oh, I lost because uh, I got four reds at the end of the game. That was that was fun." <laughs> it's, like, it, it, it's not like we. I think Flesh and Blood as a whole. Sometimes needs to calm down. We need to have more fun. And that's kind of hard to do. So when people like you do that, again, I'm ranting. But I'm just saying, like, that's amazing. Like, if you want to build your community, if you want your community to love you and have fun, make weird stuff. People <laughs> will remember you. They will enjoy playing against you. Maybe because it's an easy win. Maybe not. <laughs> no, it really that, is. Yeah. That's, that's why people like playing against me because they usually get it. But no, like when I see Matt play um, every time, like his games are close. He's doing weird stuff in my mind. A lot of times they are. I'm like, you know what? If, if he kind of stripped out, I know it might sound bad, but like kind of the more joke or fun, ridiculous cards, it's like he probably would have won that. But he's choosing not to. And honestly, like it's more impressive. It's impressive versus someone who plays tier one meta deck. This is the best deck in the world. And then he beats someone and he's at two HP. I'm like, honestly, that's, that's less than impressive. You barely won and you're playing the, the strongest like the thing. best deck. Yeah. yeah. And like, really like when Matt and I sat down and started doing bottom tier, we decided that we wanted to do this, you know, for a more casual and more fun having sort of community because we noticed that there was a lot of stuff out there for like the hardcore player for like the high level pro player, yeah. but there wasn't anybody serving the people who just wanted to jump in and just have a good time. So to hear you come on and say that, Mr., you know, higher than 50 in a, you know. Top tier pro. Right, exactly. Like, that's that's really gratifying for me. I don't know how Matt feels about it, but I'm just like, it warms my heart to see that people in the community actually are still here to just have fun and haven't gone completely off the edge of being just like, purely here for the competitive nature of it. Yeah. It's still an enjoyable thing that you want and, to have a good time. And I with. think that's why we gravitated towards commoner so much is like, definitely you get to do weird crap all the time. Like my guys, the spice, the spice in the set for the dynasty made prism and commoner really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. Really I, good. So that's get ready for it. It's going to be great. Again, for me, deck deck's coming. The deck that I have built for Commoner, I'm going to spoil. I'm going to play it next week. Ooh. Is uh, Yoji and uh, <laughs> yeah, son. Trust me when I say it, I, I don't think Yoji's the best deck in Commoner. <laughs> no. What? But you know, no. you know what he is. He's a fat little tank that's going to sit there. <laughs> you and, know what? As as a fat little tank. I appreciate this. And, and the shield from Dynasty is just going to make him a little fattier. <laughs> and all the healing from Dynasty too. Right, exactly. And we're, we're going to have fun being a, uh, not a super annoying, but annoying enough for anyone who brings a deck who just expects to smash people. I'm just going to block away and then Titans uh, fist them in the face. <laughs> like, I'm excited for Commoner Cup. Oh, I'm ready. I, I, I might actually have to show up this week. This might oh, be fun. Absolutely. We're, you got to show up for this one. Uh, Anyways, yeah, I was gonna be like, do we do one for Christmas? Absolutely, we do one for. Christmas. Oh, a hundred percent! Like, really, like we, on Christmas Day, we should <laughs> we should legitimately figure out like a special Christmas like episode to do or something. Like, we we really like like we're doing. We've been for, slacking on the YouTube. I'm sorry. We have been a little bit, but guys, uh, Matt started a new job. I've been going through some stuff. Like, it's it's been a whole like month. This month has been freaking wild. So we're we're getting back on the ball. Don't worry, but. For Christmas, I feel like we should do, like, we should bring people in from the community that we love. Like, we should get three or four of them. We should just do, like, a big UPF match or something and just bring the memeiest, like, most toxic nonsense we can think of and just see who can build the most annoying deck possible. I like it. You do ultimate pit fight with a giant ham in the middle. You know? Heck yeah. Guys. And whoever wins gets the ham. <laughs>
Guys, ultimate pit fight. Like I was one of those people. I was a disbeliever. I was like, that can't be fun. <laughs> that sounds. And then terrible. you played it, and you realized that it is the best way to play this game. I I cannot agree with that whatsoever. But <laughs> I will say, like, this is one of those things. Don't take it serious. Relax. Don't think about. I gotta build an ultimate pit fight deck. Don't even do that. No, no. Take a blitz UPF deck. is purely there to just dick around yeah. with your friends. And guess what? Don't even worry about the like rules. And I know that sounds weird. But again, I, I went to Worlds. I played in the Ultimate Pit Fight tournament they had. I made it to the finals. To be honest, though, there was two rounds, so that's not that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's better guess, than I did. But guess what? We asked the judges all the time. We're like, yeah, I, I don't think we really know what we're doing here. And the judges, 99% of the time, were like, I have no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> and when I looked up on the website, we couldn't find it. And guess what? That kind of fits for Ultimate Pit Fight. Put something weird in. Um, go crazy and just start attacking people. Don't even worry about it. Start trying to kill people. You're going to have a great time. So if you haven't, get your community involved. It's so much fun. 100%. Like, like, like UPF feels like, uh, and Marshall, you played Magic for a while. Matt, you have a little bit of exposure to it, but <laughs> I, I'm about to make a reference that you may or may not get, and I super apologize for that. But UPF feels like it's, you know, it's, it's, the, for, it's, this, it's the full format version of like the unglued cards. Like it's purely just there for everyone to dunk on each other and just, you know, have a drink and laugh with each other and see what sort of nonsense you can make happen. I was going to say, people say, oh, it's Commander. I disagree. Commander's a little too serious these days. Yeah. Everyone's got these, like, super serious decks. To me, honestly, it's like Drunk Commander. Where <laughs> you're like, I'll put this terrible card in the deck, or, like, I'll put this mediocre card in the deck. It's like, I'm going to attack somebody. Like, we played a 14-man ultimate pit fight a couple of weeks ago, and... We randomized all the locations. We had what we called the wizard corner, because apparently, even with randomization, there was four wizards next to each other, <laughs> and we had the Kano Council. <laughs> the Kano Council, <laughs> apparently, if anyone threatened them, would all agree to use their storm striders to blow you up. <laughs> I, I, I was the first person to be targeted by the Kano Council. I will not support terrorism. <laughs> it was a great time. It was so random. And again, I don't think we played it Correct. Whatsoever no, the rules. No, but that's part of the fun, right? That's, is just say, the, throw the rule book out of the window. Exactly. So we, we got 90% of the rules probably correct, but that 10% of wackiness, randomness, um, it, it was the best thing ever. Like, again, this game, it's a card game, guys. Like, you don't have to be serious. We're not all competitive. This is bottom tier. And to be honest, 99% of you are bottom tier. <laughs> Fact. So let's all have fun. Just try it out with a few friends. We'll probably have a blast. And there you go, guys. That's that's the final bottom tier top tip. Just have fun with your friends. <laughs> have a blast. Play UPF. Try playing some stuff out. If you haven't given it, give it a shot. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, again, next week is Thanksgiving, uh, the official Fabsgiving. So we will have an episode next week, unless you have something going on Wednesday. Uh, no, I think I'm good on Wednesday. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll have a yeah. Fabsgiving next week. So happy Thanksgiving, if we because you'll hear us after that. But uh, thanks for listening. I'm Matt. And I'm Greg, and guys, and, that's thank, Marshall. and Marshall. that is technically Marshall. Yes, well done. And uh, thanks for throwing off my flow there, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around. We love you all. Have yourselves a great rest of your week.